If you're a regular listener, you know that the beginning of our episodes usually start with a soundbite from our guest or an introduction where I pose some questions. Well, today I want to start with something a little more personal. I'm changing my name. Well, my host name. (laughs) So what's in a name? A lot. There's so much that I would give anything to have had the technology we have today where I could have kept a recording of my dad leaving me a message, calling me the way he usually did by my first and middle name. My dad died in 2007. He had alcohol-related dementia, and there was a point in his disease where he didn't know who I was, and that was pretty scary. And to this day, I can still hear his strong, deep voice saying, Valerie Lynn. (laughs) And so for him, welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living. I'm your host, Valerie Lynn, and today we're talking about your name. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. You're listening to our doable tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. Hi, and welcome to the show. So many of the families we work with at ClearPath talk about that moment. The moment their mom or dad or spouse no longer knew who they were. It's shocking and scary and heartbreaking. So today, I'm going to share some of those stories, including my own, and some strategies to help you make it through. That day when my dad didn't know me was a crazy day. His roommate had called my brother to say, you need to come get your dad because I'm not going to sit here and watch him die. Pretty intense. (laughs) Pretty intense words that made for a very intense situation and a bit of chaos. There was a moment that my dad was just sitting on his bed, obviously confused, and I just stopped and sat down next to him. I put my arm around him, and he looked at me, but I could tell he wasn't seeing me. I smiled at him, and he smiled back, and then I said, do you know who I am? And he just looked away from me, still smiling, no words. And when I think about that moment, it sounds so strange, but it sort of feels like this peaceful calm during that crazy storm. This was in 2007. I didn't know anything about dementia. And fast forward all these years later, I am so grateful for the increased education and media attention for dementia and Alzheimer's. But the truth is, I know that learning more about Alzheimer's is not at the top of your to-do list. (laughs) And you're not alone. No one wants to talk about aging or this brutal disease. And it is brutal. To lose your loved one right in front of you, sometimes fast, like my dad, most of the time, slow. One of our clients described the moment her husband thought she was the caregiver, who he was very attracted to. She wasn't sure if she should feel flattered or angry. Another client described a visit with her mother and the moment she realized her mom thought she was her mom's sister. A daughter recalled that first time when her mom said, I'm sorry, honey, do I know you? 
a wife described that night when her husband said, I shouldn't be here. My wife might find out. Or the brother who brought his sister to stay with him and his wife while they figured out which memory care to move her to. She pulled him aside one day and said, when did you start renting rooms? His sister didn't recognize her sister-in-law. Many times that first moment is just that. It's a moment. Especially in the early stages, there are often many moments of clarity that follow. But this can make it even more difficult because you never know what you're going to get. Is this the day that mom remembers me and her grandsons? Or is this the day that we play along and I try not to cry? Play along. That leads us to our first tip. It sounds so cruel when you're feeling absolutely every emotion, but playing along is the best thing that you can do. We call it going where they are, meeting them where they are. Think of it like improv. Although I must say, despite my theater background, improv was not one of my favorite things to do. And it might sound a little strange, but it works. In improv, the number one rule is to go along with whatever the other person throws at you. Your mom thinks that you're her sister, and she asks you where mom and dad are. Just go with it. Make something up. Improv. Maybe mom is busy doing laundry, and dad is working on the car. or they both went on a trip and they'll be back soon. Then you can follow up with a question to help you both move past that moment, which leads us to tip number two, questions. Keep your questions simple and relevant. Has your mom been talking about how she needs to get home before she gets in trouble, that she's going to miss her curfew? She thinks maybe that you're her best friend from high school. Now, you can't exactly let her walk out your front door to go wherever she thinks home is. So you might start off with a statement like, oh, I know, but it's okay. You're here with me. Then ask a question. Relate your questions to that time frame if you can. You could maybe start by talking about your favorite subject in school or that last assignment (laughs) and ask about her favorite subjects too, or learning to drive or dancing. You get the picture. The details actually don't really matter. It's just keeping the question simple and relatable so that your mom starts to think about something other than going home. And don't worry if you're not sure of the time frame she's in. You can use any subject you know that she likes to talk about. Hobbies, music, traveling. Just keep the question simple and try to start with that story of your own. Okay, this next one is so hard. It's our instinct to do what I did by asking my dad if he knew who I was. We want to ask them if they remember. It's not only natural, but sometimes maybe even without realizing it, we're trying to kind of figure out what's going on, where they're at cognitively. And it is important to know where your loved one is at in the disease. It's also important to observe. Because if you ask the do you remember or don't you remember question, it could be upsetting, unsettling, and even cause a strong emotional reaction, possibly fear, sadness, or anger. Think about it. If your mom calls you by your dad's name and you say, don't you remember? Dad died years ago. Imagine the feelings of loss that would bring back. Imagine losing her husband over and over every time your mom forgets and you remind her. 
But again, this goes against everything we know. And your first reaction will likely be to argue or remind. So if you do get caught up in the moment, and you will, be prepared to observe and make note of what reaction you get. This will also help you prepare better in the future. I've said this before. This disease is extremely personal. Not only are our brains different, but it's important to factor in family dynamics and how your loved one responds to certain family members. I had a client whose dad was exhibiting sexual behaviors. He was undressing, asking staff members to touch him. And on a side note, we've got an upcoming episode about these types of behaviors because I think it's really important that it's something we address. But my client went against the go with them where they are advice and the don't argue advice. And he spoke to his father in an authoritative way, reversing the father-son role and telling his dad this was not acceptable. And it worked. His dad responded. I had another client who was obsessed with finding his wife, not remembering that they had divorced. His family had success using a binder with divorce papers and a letter explaining the details. And I'm not saying everyone should try this, but for these families, it worked. And so I really think that maybe the most important tip just might be to think about what you know about your loved one. What or who do they respond to? Who do they respect and listen to? What calms them or makes them happy? Then use those things along with some of these other tips to find what works best for you. With this disease, I like to say you almost have to be a detective. The disease could change day to day, year to year. It's incredibly personal and hard to know where your loved one is in their mind at any given time. Being a detective will not only help you determine the best way to communicate today, but it can help you separate your emotional reaction from that of your inquisitive, problem-solving detective. That said, what's in a name is everything. That moment your mom or dad or spouse forgets you is devastating. So be a detective, but also allow yourself to grieve and allow yourself to ask for help. There are so many people here for you, and hopefully today's episode helps make this a little more doable. Today's episode is brought to you by ClearPath Senior Living Solutions. ClearPath helps families find assisted living, memory care, and other resources. Find our contact information in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable.